Motown Philly's back again. Doing a little East Coast swing. Boys to men going out. Not too hard, not too soft. Back in school, we used to dream about this every day. Could it really happen? Or do dreams just fade away? Stop, 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 stop. God, guys, damn it. Yo, everybody, and welcome to episode number four of the Philadelphia Sports Complex. I am very excited today because we are introducing someone new and special to the podcast, and his name is Steven Seibel. Steve? Hey, how's it going, y'all? How are you um, doing? I'm, I'm, I'm great. This is going to be really fun. This is... We tried doing this once, what was that, like three years ago? Uh, yes. It was the... Yeah, the draft before the pandemic. 2019? I think so, yeah. Yeah. That sounds uh, right. And, and I think that ended up being a four-hour, like... Somewhere around four hours, yeah. yeah. About at an hour and a half, we were wasted, so this yep. is... You could, you could hear us audibly drinking. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be much different, but yeah. it's going to be just as fun. Yeah, there, it, it was definitely a fun night, but just too too many hours to try to yeah, edit out to 100%. put out. So I think we I think you got it down to an hour and a half, and, and we were uh, we were like, yeah, let's just pocket this one. Yeah, yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> um, and then um, the pandemic hit us, and we had to take spend some time apart. Yeah. But um, but now we're back, man, and I'm very excited to have you on board because doing this solo uh, really fucking sucks. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> So, um, for anybody who doesn't know what you've been up to, um, give us a little background about, uh, about what you've been up to recently and, um, and just introduce yourself. Yeah. So my name's Steven Seibel. Uh, I've known Dave for God, what feels like 25, maybe so, close to 30 years probably like at this point. Around first grade. Maybe? Yeah. First grade, second yeah, grade. Somewhere around there. Um, I'm a chef by trade, but also, uh, you know, a, uh, text GM as well, and yes. I think that we all kind of think of ourselves <laughs> as that. Dave and I are part of a, a small text chain uh, called the Fantasy Fuckboys, because if you play fantasy, you're probably a fuckboy. Oh, um, definitely are. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we primarily argue about sports constantly. All day, every day. Um, but I'm a chef by trade, and uh, I'm actually opening a new restaurant um, called Hook and Master. It's going to be on 2nd and Master in the Fishtown, Kensington area. Uh, we're specializing in um, pizza and also seafood small plates, so it's a really cool um, kind of diverse restaurant. Uh, we're going to be doing three different types of pizza, the Tavern Crispy style, Brooklyn style, and uh, pan, and we're also going to be doing things such as like Spanish octopus, Campachi crudos, uh, a lot of raw fish, uh, small plates. Uh, it's going to be a really cool place. Um, we'll have a tiki bar upstairs, downstairs kind of taproom style bar and an outdoor space that's going to blow your mind. Sounds so, amazing, man. It's going to be great. Uh, hopefully we'll be open sometime in late August, early September. Beautiful. Yeah, I can't wait. I've had some of the pies already, so um, I'm yes, stoked. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Well, um, let's get into it. So first up, we are going to be talking about the Sixers. And Steve, <laughs> you, you pointed it out. I was yeah. very wrong um, on the last podcast, and it took a little bit of time. For the wound to heal, but I think we're at a good point now where we can kind of remove ourselves from all the sadness and reflect on it a little bit. So, what are your first thoughts on on the loss? How are you feeling, I guess I should ask. Well, let me preface this with, I don't think you were wrong in your heart. I think we all Aww. kind of thought that this would be 
maybe not a cakewalk, but it would be, you know, a five or six game series yep. uh, where the Sixers defense would completely outman Atlanta's, you know, front court and back court. I mean, yeah. Clint Capella is a walking tombstone. The guy, like, offers virtually nothing except for when he plays the Sixers in a seven game series, apparently. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I think, you know, kind of post-mortem, uh, there's a lot that is a struggle. You know, that I'm struggling yeah. to kind of comprehend how it happened that way. We're definitely in that next stage of grief. Um, you know, first is denial. Now is, I don't know what we're at. We're, we're just like, okay, fuck. All right, like, let's, how, how did we get here? What went wrong? But, you know, the more we dwell on it, I don't know. <laughs> it's making 100%. it any easier for me, but. I mean, you know, the, the problem in years past has been, though, that, Okay, well, if the Sixers aren't playing well, we have the Eagles, we have the Phillies. Uh, yeah. Or if the Eagles aren't playing well, okay, we have the Sixers. Um, this year, we're literally looking at the bottom of a six-foot grave, and yeah. all I see is Philadelphia sports teams. It's going to be a very long summer. It's going to be um, a very long just, summer. Just, uh, hopefully the weather's nice. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> fucking hot out right now, yeah. so... So, um, so... First person I think we should probably talk about was Embiid um, yeah. because I think it's he's probably the person that everybody rooted for the most and feels the worst for, and he really looked like he was giving it everything he could. I mean, I've never played anything on a torn meniscus. I can't imagine how that feels, um, but I do I do sweat just as much as he is, so I can tell you how <laughs> that feels. Um, it just looked like he was he was giving it his all, and and it, you could feel his frustration at the end of it. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on him and, and what he did in, in this last round? You know, Embiid is one of those players um, that it's really hard not to root for, regardless. Yeah. You know, even when he was struggling with his body weight and struggling with his, like, maturity, it was still, like, Embiid's the guy. We know he is. Yeah. You know, we'll sit here, we'll say it to the cows come home. He's the guy. He's one of the best players in the world. Yep. Uh, and I think he showed that this series and the Washington series, you know, the, uh, a lot of players would really struggle, especially at seven, two, like close to 300 pounds, mm-hmm. uh, with a knee issue. And I think that he went out there and he was the best player on the floor easily, even with those issues night yeah. in and night out. Yeah. Trey, yeah. Trey Young might've had a ton of points, but Embiid was playing both sides of the floor, uh, and almost 40 minutes a game still. And he had, what was it? Game five. That was terrible. Um, yeah, he went 0 for 12 yeah, um, in the, the second, second half. half. Yeah, so, but like, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, he's he ran out of gas and he didn't have it one night. And somehow, with all the moves they made, it, they still didn't have enough around him for him to be off for even a, a half. Yeah. Like, that's the shitty part, is that they he can't, he can't take anything off because they can't afford it. Nobody else can pick up the slack when he's not on his game. Yeah, and, and I think that, like, going into the playoffs... I think most of us felt like, oh, this is a team that could totally go to the finals. Yeah. Um, because during the season, I felt like that they played like a team, you know, Daryl Morey had put enough around him. You know, Seth Curry. Yeah. Seth Curry is the unsung hero yeah. of the playoffs yeah. for us. Especially that, that, that last round, too. Yeah, he, if, he, if, if he doesn't play well, then we possibly lose four straight. Yeah, that. oh yeah, he was great. I mean, he. It, it's a shame that, like... You wouldn't have guessed that a Danny Green injury could be the thing that really stalled your offense, but it really did seem like without him, they didn't have anybody else that could kind of fit that fifth starter, especially yeah. on I mean on defense most of those guys can handle their own, but the, the the offense just seemed to be confused like 
it's it's nuts. I mean, and Curry was great. He stepped up. Yeah. But nobody else did. Yeah, Danny Green was surprising. So many people have been calling for Danny Green's head oh, all season. All season. Yeah. Even though he's been like a serviceable serviceable like fifth guy. Yeah. Um uh but you could see night and day Washington to Atlanta. Like when he went down, mm-hmm. uh the offense for the starters just kind of dissipated. At least the offense in the way that we normally run our offense. Right. Um and obviously that shooting was rough. Corkmaz is not a starting player. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I'm done with Corkmaz. Yeah, I, I you know, I've look, been done with him for years. We have players that m- will show up if you give them six nights. They'll show up right. too. Yeah, everybody gets one, but yeah. they don't. I mean, I guess most teams bench players aren't consistent, and that's why they're on the bench. That's true. But like, it just, yeah, it just stinks that like nobody could step up. I mean, or people would. It wasn't the person that they had starting. It was always the person that was on the bench. It was almost like they got slighted and took it personally and then tried to outperform. Totally. And, and it worked out. But then, but in the end, it was just a mess. And one of the other things that I think was a huge problem was where the fuck was Tobias Harris? What was he doing in the last Oof. four games? He was non-existent. Tobias Harris, it's like, uh, you know, his movie title would be The Curious Case of Tobias Harris. <laughs> this is a guy who I generally believe should have been an all-star at all-star break. I thought that mm-hmm. he was the second best player on the Sixers. Um, his defensively sound, scoring uh, twenty like upwards 20 points a game. Yeah. Um, you know, good numbers on the rebounds, good numbers on the assists. And you know he didn't get the nod, and that happens. Dame, I don't. Did Dame Lillard make the team this year for All Star? He wasn't an original selection, I don't believe. I think you're right. I don't. He might I, have been a fill in. Yeah, he may have been. Which is like crazy. Yeah, he's to one think of the best about. But like, yeah. like you don't make the All Star every year, and Tobias hasn't made one yet. But this is probably the year he would. He was really good in the Washington series, and then he turned into Smush Parker. Yeah, he I, was Smush Parker for the entire Atlanta series. I just don't get it. Like, it, it seems like anytime he gets even slightly frustrated by another team's defense, he just like has no idea what to do. Like, he kept looking over. Like, he and Doc had some really awkward exchanges on the on on the side of the court on live TV too. Yeah, and it was just like, what? How are we this far into it, and you guys aren't on the same page? I mean, I. I I don't know what Doc Rivers was saying to him. I won't pretend to know what he was saying back. There clearly was some sort of frustration between both of them. Um, Clearly, Tobias didn't like what Doc was saying. Yeah. Uh, But the biggest takeaway from Tobias, for me, is that he could not finish. Not all. No, He couldn't finish in his jump shot. Missing layups. Definitely couldn't finish at the rim. I think in the... Game was a game six that we won where he missed six layups. Yeah, I yeah, mean it, it's you know you just can't you can't be a top two or three player on a team and shoot that way, especially not, from under the rim. Not in a game like that. Not. No. I mean, if it happens once in January, nobody notices. Nobody cares. Yeah, I mean, we may still because we're lunatics, but that's true. Um, but it's obviously more magnified in the playoffs and how you're how you're off like that in the most important series when you already had a lot of criticism for your contract and and a lot of other things um it's not good he's like what a top 10 paid player in the league right now i mean he makes i'm pretty sure that he makes more than a bead yearly for now for now yes and i think this that'll change pretty soon him and simmons both make more than a bead this year yeah which is shocking but 
the way the contracts are worked, it's you know it is what it is. Yeah, B's about to get paid though, so that's he'll, true. He'll be all right. I mean, I hope. I hope that the injuries. I mean, he's still got what another year or two on his deal. I think they can start negotiating the max with him now, now? which would be smart because uh, maybe I don't know. The, the NBA contracts confuse me a little bit sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, I think that you know the the one thing I really loved this year was that this was the year that I was going to be comfortable saying that they made the right decision in letting Jimmy Butler walk. And up until the Atlanta series, I think I would have been comfortable saying that. Yeah, um, but that wasn't the right decision. They should have fired Brett Brown a year earlier and listened to Jimmy Butler and paid him instead of Tobias. I think I think the fact that they gave up so much for Tobias made them feel like they had to sign him and that Butler hated, for what it seemed like, he hated... Um, Brett Brown, so I don't know. Was it Ben Simmons too, though? It maybe, yeah, may, maybe a lot of stuff is going on. I don't know. And if he did, he probably looks very right right now. He's probably laughing somewhere watching that series, seeing Ben not even go for a dunk. Yeah, directly under the. Basket. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know how much you can be laughing when you're sitting at home after getting swept in the first true. round. Very true. But I will say that Jimmy Butler, for me was a guy that like I would have loved to have but I was so more I was so much more nervous about the way that he behaves just generally yeah but we don't see I don't care about that because he's obviously an asshole to a lot of other teams that he, he was on I just feel like he has that just like he's just his mentality is I've got to do shit like I'm doing this I'm yeah. fucking with people but that's also the same mentality that makes him take shots at the end of games and that's why he's like that's why i think he plays totally. the way i think that's just like his his outlook on everything and i don't think and i think that's the opposite of how simmons and harris act like they're oh, both yeah. very timid and very like respectful and like clearly aren't don't have that like late game killer like instinct. killer instinct yeah and i think that we sure. miss that real bad yeah I, I i think i think you know if you're if you're if you're signing jimmy butler you're getting two things one you're getting a guy who plays every day every every quarter every minute of every quarter um and is like a supreme leader in in these kinds of locker rooms and you're also getting a guy that could possibly destroy your locker room in a second yeah, yeah. And, and i think that they weighed that and we're like, okay, we have Embiid. If Jimmy wants to be the guy, I yeah. don't know that he is going to be that. Here. Yeah, Embiid's your guy. And, and yeah. what I think they should do this year is just have Maury, uh, Elton Brand, and Embiid sit down in a room and just go, Joel, what do you want? Like, yeah. do you want us to get rid of Ben Simmons? Do you want him to stay on this team with you? Do you want us to do this? Do you want us to do that? Like, we only have a few years left of you in your prime. We need to we need to build around you now. Yeah. Like they they can't fuck around anymore. Like I think No, they can't. I think it's a, we can officially say that the process is over. Now it's just about building around Embiid. Now you have the one guy. You didn't get all the success you hoped to out of it. Um the commissioner kind of fucked us over a little bit. Hmm. It's over now. It's we can't keep worrying about that anymore. It's time to just say Joel Embiid is what, 27 or something like that? Like 27 this year, yeah. So, four more years of him in his prime, like, you've got a you've got a very tight window to win a championship now, so... And, and hopefully four more years, you know? Yeah. He's, you know, every year it's something different. Luckily, he's been able to play through 
a majority of the issues, and he hasn't been like a Greg Oden case where right. he was, you know, a year in and then gone forever. Right. Um, but, but still enough injury history t- for us to all be very concerned. So yeah, processing needs to become processed. Yeah, it's done. It's got to happen. It's done. It's 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 been done for years, but now it's done to the sense of, hey, everything you acquired during that period doesn't fucking matter anymore. Like that's that's done. You gave you've given it four years now in the playoffs. And it hasn't. You haven't advanced past the second round once. It's over. Like yeah. that. That mindset. That team. You can't build around that team anymore. Now you build around Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons does not have to be a part of this, in my opinion. No, no, I don't think he does. Um, you know, and and I'm a Ben Simmons apologist for the most part. I I really love the game that he brings. Aside from the shooting issues, um, I'm. Definitely all in on the defensive side. Sure. I think Thibel being a part of the team kind of like allows you to like let him go. I mean, if you want to jump into Ben Simmons, we can just go into. Yeah, ben let's Simmons. just do it because. So, you, what do you what do you want to do if you're if you're GM right now? So value is a big big thing. Yes. Right. Uh, I think Ben still has enormous value, and, okay. and here's why. I think that his elite defense. Um, he's. Still able to see the floor really well. Um, I don't know that he should be a point guard. Uh, I'm I'm a little concerned about his um, protection of the ball um, when he brings it up the floor. He almost travels every time he does. You know, well, it's, it's yeah, unreal. everybody <laughs> it's, almost kind of travels. Though. It's true, but um, it's, still, it's still funny. I I think there are teams who are maybe at the beginning of a rebuild that would be like, oh yeah, like let's go dump some of these assets we have and get get Ben Simmons because if we can fix his shot, then we've changed it. Like everything's changed. Sure, and that could be Portland, and that could involve could um, Damian Lillard. Which I mean, there's nobody on the planet who wouldn't want to see Damian Lillard on the Sixers. Of course, not. and I would trade. Yeah, I would give up. I would swap Ben Simmons for him if it was if it was one for one. It won't be because Lillard's far more accomplished at this point. Um, I mean, that would be great. But and and now I, I was like you before, like when we were talking about Harden. I I didn't want to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden. I agree, and mostly because I think Harden's as great as his career's been. He's at the end of how successful he's going to be, and he was hurt the end of this year. So it, it just. I just don't think I didn't think that James Harden was the right player. I think Damian Lillard could be. He is I mean, how many like over the years, how many like big shots has he had in the playoffs to win games? Like he, he he's done it he does it almost every year. Yeah, Harden Harden walked into the season like he was that guy at your barbecue who was the only one in the pool eating a hot dog. Yeah. And and Simmons walked in like he was taking that guy's daughter out for a date. Yeah. And like if you look at their bodies just alone, that's the reason you don't trade for James Harden. James Harden scored a bunch of points this season, mm-hmm. but the Nets did worse than the Sixers did. And you know, and yeah. it's because he came into the season un, uh, unhealthy, out of shape, and yeah. he was hurt. That's very fair. And that whole team the Nets themselves are, I think, a huge mistake, and that's going to go down as one of the teams that should have won like multiple championships that will never, because I don't think they'll ever be in a place where their stars will all be playing at the same time. Yeah, I mean, they're all very injury-prone. So. Very. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Lillard, I love Lillard. I think that that would be a great move. I worry that it's gonna tr- they're going to try to charge way too much for that, that meal. Um, so if it's, if it's Simmons, 
Maxi and some first round picks, would you do it? That's a that's a great question. I'm super high on Maxi. I am too, but I I think is that he, is he a starter for for this team? Once again, I if, I think that he is in a year. Okay. But the, but then you have the question of do we wait because of Joel, like you he, know these things. I don't think he can anymore. I th- I don't think you can trade Thibel and Simmons in the same deal. Because if you do that, our defense basically it becomes non-existent except for Joel, and Joel literally can't do everything. I mean, there's there's almost nobody on the bench that I I would say is untouchable. I, in my opinion, you do whatever you have to do to get uh, a serious playmaker to go along with Joel Embiid, and that could be Damian Lillard. It could also be um, somebody from Minnesota because apparently that article came out yesterday, I guess. That the Timberwolves are very high on Ben Simmons and would would pursue him if he was available. Could you do something like the two of their uh, what are their young guards named? The one Russell uh, D'Angelo Russell, not him. Um, I don't. I've never been a huge fan of him. I, well, there's I, Anthony Edwards, who Anthony was, Edwards, who yeah. was the number one pick. I don't think that they would even consider involving him in a deal. Um, but I don't think that I would consider sending them Simmons for anything less. Right. So the only other. Pieces that were would be of any value are Malik Beasley and Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns is is worthless. It, 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 he would be worthless on our team. Yeah, it, it, to it be honest, I, I think he's kind of worthless as a player. I I've think never never been a huge fan either. Super soft, doesn't yeah. like you know, it's just not my type of guy. Even though he's a local guy, like respect, he loves the Eagles, but I'm good on Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't trade Ben Simmons for anything less than Edwards and Beasley. No, uh, yeah, I mean it would they have, don't have to a be. Fir- they don't have a first round pick this year. It would have to be Edwards and Beasley, and and they like I'd even feel comfortable giving them a couple first round picks in that deal. Look, the first round yeah. picks mean nothing to they me. They shouldn't because what are we this year? Twenty. Yeah, and to be honest, the That's last two drafts be. we've gotten really lucky to get like Maxi was a steal, yeah. and I think we can all agree that he'll be a player. And uh, you know, Thibel, just from what he's shown. He could end up being one of the best defensive players in the history of the league. Good. If he plays starters minutes. But guess what? That won't happen unless he gets a fucking shot. Like, yeah. he is so streaky. He can play 22 minutes and have three points, and that's just not enough. Um, yeah, and so he he's basically bench Ben Simmons right now. Because... Except he can shoot, or he will take threes. He will take threes, that's true. Simmons just does wants no part of offense. I will say, though, Simmons, up until the Atlanta um, series, was playing well. I mean, he's yeah. still averaging, he was averaging like 15 points a game. Uh, you know, he was coming close to a triple-double on an average. It, was, it wasn't like as close as like a Russell Westbrook who does it normally. But, right. you know, and his defense... He should have won Defensive Player of the Year. Yes, he I think we have. can all agree. Yeah, he should have that. Rudy Gobert as a center does not guard the best player on the floor every game. No, so it's a little disappointing that the NBA decides their, um, you know, major awards that way. But at the end of the day, we all wanted a championship anyway. It didn't matter about. Yeah, well, we didn't uh, get either. We didn't get either, which sucks. Look at us. Egonophis. So all right. So where does this series rank in your all-time disappointing um, Philadelphia playoff series? Is this more disappointing than the Phillies losing to the Cardinals in 2011? What about the Eagles in 2003 to the Bucks? Like, where where is this? Because this is pretty high up for me. Because this was the this was this like that Eagles year. Like, yeah, we were the one seed. We had we already knew the Nets were out. Like, 
There was this, a. This was a cakewalk. Yeah, you know, I, I think this year and um, the year that Kawhi made the shot. Oh, that was brutal. Uh, are pretty close for me, mm-hmm. um, and for two reasons. One, I think that both of those years, I expected them to win it all. Same. Because yeah, that was the Jimmy Butler year. Let's be real. If Kawhi doesn't make that shot, we and we can win that game in overtime. Uh, the Sixers have a kick. Milwaukee was stunned in that you know conference final. Yeah, they got. And crushed. then who did they play in the final? Um, the Warriors. It was the Warriors who were a hobbled team. Yeah. What Kevin Durant got hurt in like the second game. The series was over. Yep. Pretty much. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was yeah, that's, that's when he tore his Achilles. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. number one for me. Uh, why they're pretty even. And the secondly. I think that the sting of the shot hurts more because I was sitting in my house watching this game, and in the first five minutes, I said to my wife, "They're going to lose this game." Yeah, I mean, you wait, could, this, this one on this last game this, seven, the game oh, seven. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could tell in the first five minutes of the game that they just didn't have. No, it didn't like, look like they cared. No, it didn't it look really like didn't. they cared at all, and it was that like ambivalence to winning that like was the big issue for me. And I looked at her and I said, they're not going to win this game. Yeah. And and it proceeded to unfold exactly how I thought it would. It was a little more back and forth than I thought it would. But then when Trey Young was 3 for 20, I was like, oh, like if they lose this game, then maybe this is the worst loss in Philadelphia sports history. It was at home... Uh, game seven at home and at the home team where just they're like even... the best team for the last like what four or five seasons something like that I and mean, thirty two and five in uh, like it's yeah. crazy yeah and they just like the crowd was in it and it was like one of the first games back for the crowd yeah. and the players were not in it it they just didn't look like they cared and then I said it before Ben Simmons had a dunk under the basket and then doesn't go for it. They get fouled, only make one shot. It was like, I, I, I think you could just see Embiid quit. Like, you could just watch yeah. his heartbreak. Like, what? And then he, he said it after the game. And that's why I think. He did. That's why I think maybe there's more to him and Ben's relationship that is troubling. Because, like, you wouldn't come out and say that about your teammate, probably, if you were, like, boys. Yeah, I think that. Um... Unless you're so good at boys that you can say yeah. that. And you can have a conversation with them right after and be like, yeah, I fucking said it. I, I think that. The, uh, that game specifically will kind of resonate in that locker room for a while. It should. Um, I think that Ben, at least on my end, made a good first step by n- not committing to the Olympics and committing to like getting in the gym with the Sixers people. Yeah. Because he could have easily been like, you know, screw this. I'm just going to go back to Australia, yeah. play, uh, you know, in the in Tokyo, and then come back whenever I come back. And it's you know what it is. Yeah. I mean. It's the right move for him. Um, I just don't know if I care to see how it develops anymore. I'm just see. I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just ready to move on. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people, especially you know, people who are listening to this podcast and 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 other podcasts, sports Philly related, uh, Philadelphia sports related, they're they're kind of in the same boat. Yeah. I'm kind of like, if a Damian Lillard trade becomes a real thing, I am. All in to yeah. do it because Damian Lillard is one of the best offensive players, just like total team leader, you know, just a great player. Probably has the same window of his best years as Embiid does left. Yeah. So, um, and you know, and if it doesn't happen, and if we get him in five years later, whatever, and then at least we're starting fresh with everybody pretty yeah. much. 
Um, I think the only thing that could change my mind is that if Ben Simmons and the Sixers show somehow that he has like done real work. Yeah, but we've had cell phone videos of him in the gym before. Sure, I just they're fucking great. I know, but fool me once. Yeah, totally. I mean, look, I just, he's so I don't do it. he's so young. I totally, I'm, I'm, I can literally pull, be pulled either way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if if I'm ready to be pulled either way. Yeah, I think that's and I wasn't before. Even before the series started, I would have been like, no, keep Ben and figure something else out. But now I'm like, you know what? It, it's it's run its course. Yeah, I just I worry that if we do make the trade for a Lillard or a player like Lillard that our already bad bench becomes even worse. And yeah, but you can find those guys. I hope. I would hope. I mean, I would think if Lillard and Bede were here, we'd, and, and Tobias. Yeah. I mean, but look, to, maybe they decide that Tobias just isn't the right fit. Anymore. That would be great. Um, but I don't think anybody's going to trade for his contract. It's quite possible. I mean, it's one of those things. It's, you know, do you trade for the guy who's got a bad contract but will give you 20 points a game as a third guy? Or you trade for the guy who's got a... a what seemingly is a younger contract, it's not as bad, but if he's putting up four points in a game, it's yeah. bad. That's very you bad. Know? So like, yeah. But Ben also gives you that elite defense. Right. Uh, my only thing is I can't do Ben and Thibel on the same deal. I just can't do it because I, I think that Thibel has too big of a ceiling. Uh, if he can get his offense running, which at least he's willing to take the shots, that he could be like a game-changing defensive player. And I think he's shown that yeah. by making defensive, what was it, defensive second team? As, yes. Yeah. As like a 17-minute-a-game player. Like, I think that's unheard of. I don't know if that's ever happened. Yeah, it's pretty rare for a bench guy, but it's still, I mean, yeah, you're right. He's he's an elite defensive player. To me, I, like I said, I could be pulled in any direction now. I'm, I'm yeah. open to anything. Outside of Embiid, I would, I would be comfortable and understanding of anybody being traded at this point just because it's just i can't do another year of the same core only going to the second round it's yeah been, i agree it's been well last year that was the first second round. round's brutal yeah. for us i mean it's just it's it, it's it's we're we're due for some change and at least at least the first time we lost in the second round two years ago uh that team won uh, i don't even yeah. know if this team's gonna make it out of the conference finals they probably won't yeah. we'll find out oh it'll be a good indicator tonight yeah. So, um, next question I have for you, Steve. What was, now that this is over, was this year's Sixers season or this year's Eagles season more uh, fucking miserable by the by the end of it? Because I honestly don't know. They're both, I feel like both of them just left me with the equally shit taste in my mouth. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that if you're talking about the end of it, um, I think the Sixers season is probably the answer just because we had... S- such higher hopes and a clearer path to a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we're talking about overall, like long term, I think the Eagles season was one of the biggest disasters I've seen in a Philadelphia sports franchise in a long time. It was definitely a longer, painful period. Oh, yeah. Like it was the whole season sucked. The whole season sucked. Our franchise quarterback was literally the worst quarterback in the league and I'll, like like Ben I was a Carson Wentz apologist same. Yeah, same. fucking sat here and I said don't worry we'll figure it out he's having a bad year did he get a little bit of a bad rap I think so he had one really bad year but um but yeah I think that in totality the Eagles season was just like consistently rock bottom all season 
Um, but w- what's crazy is the entire time, and maybe this is what made it even more frustrating, is that the path was there for them to win the division every week. It oh, was yeah. like it, a shit, it, it was the most shit division I've ever seen. So every week it was like all they got to do is beat this other shit team in their division, and then they couldn't do it. Like they no. just kept fucking up every no. time. And it, so it was like they could make the playoffs w- with six wins, and they won't. And that was definitely, as a whole, more frust- more frustrating. Because I think we still had fairly high hopes for them last year. Like, yeah, I think that we went into, into the season, season yeah. knowing that that the possibility of them winning that division was good. I yeah. mean, we were able to do it the year before. Yes. Um, and we're a cheap shot to Wentz's head away from having a much more competitive game against the Seahawks in the playoffs. And the, the Eagles last year were literally uh, a Salvation Army team. Like, we had people I'd never heard of, you know, on the squad starting. Travis Fulgham comes out of nowhere. Yeah, that was um, crazy. You know, we're, we're dealing with... Uh, the offensive line is just decimated completely. We have yep. Jason Peters back on an $8 million deal that was just like a joke. Like, that guy should be put out to pasture like yeah. two years before. Um, it's like watching Roy Halladay's fastball. Yeah. Like, at the end of his career, just just not be fast anymore. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, this it, is sad. It was... For a one-time great. It was awful to watch, but they were still in it. Now, you know, it's one of those things where I'm very happy that they didn't get in. Because of the ramifications, draft, and so on. Yeah, you know, but we knew it was a shit team, and so it, it, it early in the season it was like, yes, we got to make the playoffs. So by week 15, 16, it was like they're gonna fucking lose this game. They're not gonna get in, and and then how, we're gonna get in the top ten. And we did. How did you feel about uh, that Washington game when I had zero? I, I didn't care at all. Yeah. They if they did that at, at one o'clock in the afternoon, there's not a single person that would have complained. Yeah, like I just I don't agree. and and. Um, Jalen Hurts was not playing that well. It's no. not like it's not like it was a guarantee the Eagles would have won that game. So that's crazy. Um, they also said before the game started that they were going to be doing that. Yeah. So I, I don't know why people were so upset about it. Like if if you're a Giants fan, like I I just don't care. Like <laughs> a six win team doesn't oh, deserve I, I any help that. getting into the playoffs. I don't care if you're upset that your six team. Six-win team didn't get in because we did something we said we were going to do. Um, but I, I do. I will say this. I think that I'm excited to see what Hurts can do with a full offseason. Because, like, let's, let's not forget the pandemic happened. You know, they didn't have any type of team activities until pretty much the preseason. Uh, last year, yeah. It was, yeah. Like very, so it very like, light. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I'm sure that Hurts wasn't expecting to have to start last year at any point because, you know... I'm we sure just, he wasn't expecting to be drafted by the Eagles. I'm sure def- he wasn't. Yeah, I've, I have a feeling that he was probably very unsure about things. I'm, I mean, they, it sounded like Wentz and he had a fine relationship, but I'm sure he probably felt awkward the entire time. Like, yeah, I why mean, am I here? What am I doing? Like, sure. why are they putting me in for these random run plays that everybody knows is going to be a run? That was like the like <laughs> watching that was so horrifying. It's like, like. Uh, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but the Wildcat doesn't involve passes anymore. No, it's it doesn't just, involve passes. It's just it. putting someone in who's going to run instead it of the running back. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it never works. Um, but I, I'm excited to see what Jalen Hurts has uh, this year. Yeah. I'm super excited about Devontae Smith. I think that I he's, you know, a lot of people are uh, giving him shit because of his weight, but, like, the guy was 
top five receiver all time in college. Dude, if he played at Oregon State and weighed 155 pounds, I'd be a little concerned. Yeah, because he doesn't play. Yeah, against... he plays the best team in the yeah, in the he, country. He plays against. In practice, he goes against people that are getting drafted into the NFL, and oh, yeah. he plays in a division that has a fuck ton of players drafted in the NFL 100%. or conference. Excuse me, not division. Um, so I'm I'm not concerned. He's he's played a lot of big tough corners already and made them look silly. Like I, I totally. It's not like the corners in the NFL are that much bigger. Like sure, if he gets run over by somebody like. Aaron Donald, he may not be used to somebody like that, but yeah. But when is him how, and Aaron Donald going to meet? Right, like <laughs> exactly. Like he's not. Uh, yeah, it's he's going up against. He's already going up against guys that he's going to see in the NFL. For so sure, I, I, I'm not as concerned. I'm overall, I'm just not like super pumped about the, no, how the season. No, how Yeah, how I just don't. I don't have very high hopes for it. But I think I'm, I think the nice thing is is that we're sitting in a place where we we have nothing to lose this yeah. season. Yeah, well, it'll oh. definitely be easier. The losses will be much yeah. easier. This I really love, uh, you know, uh, speaking of, you know, the Eagles and just like what this season's going to entail, mm-hmm. I was really angry to see that Howie Roseman was still a part of the team after Sam. the whole Carson debacle. But, yep. but I will say that, you know, the, the as Loki is the god of mischief, <laughs> Howie Roseman is like the god of mischief here. He. He does all of these things that are so bad. His drafts are horrible. And then he comes out and somehow garners what I'm guessing will end up being a first-round pick for Carson Wentz, which nobody so. thought that we could get. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, he was able to turn you know, the number six pick into the number ten pick plus a pick, another pick next year. Um, and then and Devontae Smith. And then didn't give up much to move up, just the third round. They basically swapped third round picks yeah. and swapped first round picks. And he was able to steal, and I don't know how, I don't know what the Vikings are doing, but Harrison Wilson, is Wilson's his last name, the linebacker? Yes, Eric yeah. Wilson, yeah, yeah. Harrison Wilson, everybody's calling them like complete steals. Yeah. The, and we got them for nothing. I, I, I'm dubious of that because I don't know why this team would be like... If the Bucks came calling fresh off a of Super Bowl, somebody would be like, "Yeah, I'll take a discount." We might they might go back totally play with Tom Brady, but I don't really see that appeal on the Eagles right now. So I'm confused about how it happened. I'll certainly take it, but I just I just think that there's like a lot of negative thoughts towards the Eagles sure. in my head. So like I'm questioning every literally fucking everything. Like you know what can change that though. A fun if, preseason? A f- <laughs> no, <laughs> never. Um, a good season. A well, good sure. season with, and not even a winning season. No, it doesn't. A have to season be. with growth. Uh, Rager needs to grow. Um, uh, yeah, big time. And yep. to be fair, I think that it was a little. People kind of like laid it on him a little bit last year, mm-hmm. and I think that that was like a bad situation for anybody. Yeah, um, I agree. We yeah. need Hurts to go out there and show like. Alabama coming in the fourth quarter, winning the game hurts. Like that's the kind of player that I want, and that's the player that a lot of people think he is. Um, but he needs to show it. And then Devontae Smith just has to do what he's been doing. Yeah, you know, at least on the offensive side of the ball, I'm excited about Landon Dickerson. Uh, besides the injury history, mm-hmm. uh, I think that he was a first, easily first round talent. Easily, well, that's the only reason he wasn't, yeah, yeah, easily the the best interior lineman on the board. Um, so I was excited about that. And ideally, we don't need him this year because ideally, no. everyone's healthy. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Brooks should be back. You know, Lane Johnson's going to be back. Um, no clue who's going to be starting between 
Jordan Mailata and, uh, and Dillard. Uh, but if Dillard doesn't take that job, I, you need to trade that guy immediately. I just don't see the point in him. Um, I just, I, you know, I know he's been hurt, but if he's not winning the job from a, uh, like a seventh round or undrafted uh, rugby player from Australia who's played football for probably what, three years, four years at most? Something like that. But sometimes those guys end up being really good. Like, uh, totally. Like Villanueva, who I don't think he's still in the Steelers. No, he's uh, with the... Is he with the Chiefs or the Ravens now? He's with Maybe. a competitor, I believe. Like a, a like a same division. I remember seeing him go somewhere, but I, I think can't, it's the Ravens. can't recall where. But yeah, he, I mean, he... Another Eagles unsigned player. Yeah. Uh, came out of the Army, and they were just like, you're a massive person. Maybe we can teach you how to play left tackle. And they did. I... See, I'm not like you. I'm not ready to like quit on Dillard. I think it just depends on like how they honestly view the team. Like, if do they do they view this as a year where they just need to decide on Jalen Hurts? And if that's the case, and Dillard doesn't win the job, you could be willing to part with some other guys because you're just collecting sure. your assets for the for the following year. Um, but we talked about it already. I mean, the Eagles have more offensive line injuries than anybody, yeah. and most of the guys are older. Last two them. years, yeah. So it's not if you think that you're that you have a shot this year and want to try to compete this year, then you can't really trade anyone. Because oh no, no, no! You no. need the depth uh, more totally. than anything. I don't think you trade Dillard this year. I'm saying that if if you're not getting, so this would be Dillard's third season or fourth season. Third, third, yeah. Uh, he was hurt for the first two. He was hurt for the second season. He was. Jason Peters back up the Jason first Peters season. back up the first And then they, they put him into a game uh, at right tackle, but he'd never played right tackle before in sure. his life. It's like telling somebody to go hit left-handed who's been right-handed their whole life. Like, it's not that easy. I guess that if, if you're going to sit here and tell me that that Mylotta's the guy, I don't know that I'm holding on to a first-round pick, especially considering he won't probably stay. He won't re-sign when his rookie deal's over. So to me, it's like, why not recoup something for an asset that you spend a ton of money on? That, if, if this year is not about winning and it's just about evaluating the coach and evaluating some of the players and, and transitioning from some of the older guys to younger guys, sure. then, that's, then that's the time to trade somebody who's not starting. Yeah. But if you're trying to win, you can't afford, we can't afford to have a depleted offensive line and try to win football games. You can't do both. I'm saying next at the end oh, of the okay. season, like after the season, like gotcha. you, I think you need to at least give the kids some run. Well, they you know? could, I I mean if if they're if they tab Mylotta as the guy and they're and they don't care about winning this year, then they can trade him in, yeah. in, in training camp. They can trade him before the season starts. There's not there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it I, I'm only. I'm on the fence. I, I think he's still going to be a really good player. and I hope. Look, if he's a, yeah. a great player and they can put him somewhere, um, you know, what do you do with two left tackles? Well, when they get hurt as frequently as ours do. That's, that's very true. Yeah. Um, well, it, you know, that, that'll for sure. We're, we're about a month away from training camp. That's for sure the battle. Um, the, the training camp battle that'll be of most interest to people, I would oh, imagine. Oh, 100%. Um, I would say that and the second corner, if that person's even on the roster right now, um, I, I, I don't, that's my that's my biggest question mark for the team. I think I'm, still. Uh, I I had like nightmares about this draft, and I thought this draft was pretty good. Yeah, I, I thought so, but I was a little disappointed. 
in the you know third and fourth rounds, there was some really good options for cornerback. Uh, I'm not going to even attempt to say his name because it's just a bunch of uh, a bunch of consonants. Um, uh, <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> the guy from Syracuse. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, was available and 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 I th- I was just I was disappointed with the selection of the the gentleman from Texas Tech. I I didn't see what they saw um, just via tape after watching it. I thought he was you know undersized, um, not too quick to the ball. Um, but they seem to really like him. Um, I can also take that with a grain of salt because Howie Roseman has been possibly the worst GM at drafting a cornerback. Um, Easily. You know, we haven't had a good cornerback drafted since Sheldon and... Uh, and what's Lito Shepard. Lito Shepard yeah. in the same draft. Uh-huh. Um, and that was like 2002, so yeah. it's been a while. It's been bad. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he hasn't been good at drafting any position, frankly, no. in, in the last few years. And for people that are complimenting Howie for this year, like getting Devontae Smith, I mean, it, it took two moves to do, and we still got the guy that we all wanted. And it was like a, uh, you can't fuck this up. It's literally the one of two positions that we need so badly, yeah. and, and this guy just won the Heisman. And he's clearly the... I personally thought, after watching the season, that he might be the best wide receiver in college, you know, and I know that the Heisman's like, duh, like, but you had guys like Jamar Chase, you had guys like Jalen Waddell, um, after watching tape of all But them, you didn't see either of them play last year. You didn't see either of them play, at, like, at all, and, you know, he went out there, and he just crushed everybody. Yeah, those, those playoff games were so fucking impressive. Unreal. That was one of the most fun players I've ever seen in college football. 100%. So, at the very least, I think we got a guy... They can come in here and be, you know, a solid number one, and hopefully he's like a true, you know, game-changing receiver for us. Um, that's the hope, though. Yeah, I mean we'll that would be very nice. Um, By the way, a little see. fun fact. Okay. Um, so I was listening to uh, some sports radio today, as I am when I'm in the car, mm-hmm. uh, and they, <laughs> they went through the top. They went through every Philadelphia team's like biggest weaknesses oh um and and like what that they have so philly's farm system like terrible farm system has been a terrible farm system has been but specifically the phillies cannot grow pitchers it's it's just they've at least they have more six they have one more pitcher than they have hitter i would say that's been successful yeah it was aaron nola who was the first round pick i think that they listed four pitchers that were like really good and they spanned like the last 30 years uh, one Cole Hamels, one Nola, and then two that I don't even remember the names of. Well, uh, uh, very long time ago, Gavin Floyd, who didn't I have from... any success here. He was not great as a Philly, and then went yeah. to the White Sox and was, very was a very good pitcher. Philly. Yeah, very short-lived. And then that's like it? That's the only other one I can really yeah. think of. And that includes that includes bullpen. The bullpen has been terrible. Um, Did Ryan Madsen get drafted by the Phillies? I do not he think might... so, but I'm not sure. I don't remember. I'll have to look that up. Um, but they were going through, you know, the the Flyers and talking about how the Flyers can't develop a goalie, and they haven't since Hextall. Carter Hart might be the guy, but but he didn't look like it this season. No, he looked like shit. They were talking about the Sixers and how they've had a plethora of picks in the top three over the past ten years, and they have done absolutely nothing with them. And the only other team who's probably done worse in the past ten years is Cleveland, who had like back to back number ones, and I don't think either of those guys play for the team anymore. Um, the Wiggins so. and one of them's not even in the league. Yeah, uh, the kid who played for UNLV—I forget his name. The kid from Canada. Yeah, uh, I don't the, remember his name either. Anthony. 
Bennett? Bennett yes. Actually, Bennett, yeah. Wiggins and Bennett are both from Canada. We're just going to oh, pile yeah. on Canada real quick. Yeah. Stop drafting Canadian basketball players. <laughs> they normally suck. Look, the, the Canadians can take it right now. The, the Habs are in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, They're yeah. good. You guys they, are okay. That's the first time a Canadian team's been there in years. And the, the, the Eagles were by far the most egregious one, the most obvious one. The Eagles can't draft wide receivers. They haven't grown, homegrown wide receivers. They went through the top 10 list, and I'm not kidding you, four of them were 50-plus years old. Oh, uh, the top 10? The top 10. Four of the top 10 Eagles wide receivers. Drafted all time. Yeah, so I'm, I'm talking like production yeah. for the Eagles. So Is like Deshaun the, Jackson number one? No. Is it Harold Carmichael? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I could, Mike Quick was number four, I believe. Okay. Deshaun was number two. Um both Brent Selleck and uh, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz made the list. I believe that. Uh, I think like a guy like Fred Barnett was just outside the top ten. Um, there was a couple other names. Uh, Brian Westbrook is like number fifteen on the all-time receiving yards for the Eagles. So uh, the reason I asked if Deshaun was one because I just assume that like every old NFL player before the eighties, like as impressive as they were, and whether they're in the Hall of Fame or not, their stats are like nothing compared not a to what. League. Yeah, well, it wasn't. Yeah, they they just started using the forward pass. Deshaun so, Jackson was drafted when, like two thousand two thousand eight, I think two thousand eight. Yeah. So that at this point is thirteen years ago. There is not a player that is a wide receiver. Now I'm not counting the tight end. There is not a player that's a wide receiver that's on that top ten list after Jackson. Yeah. Except for number ten, Macklin. and that is Jeremy Macklin. That is an embarrassment that we haven't had a receiver. And by the way, that's really bad. Their yardage, their yardage is not even close. I think Mike, uh, sorry, uh, Harold Carmichael's stats are like eight thousand yards or something like that. You know how many fucking yards Heinz Ward had? Twelve thousand. He almost thirty-three percent more. Yeah. Than the top guy for the Eagles. Different era for sure. Different era, but like I think it speaks that. During this era of, of throwing the football, the Eagles have done no research. They have done a terrible job. And, and all of these receivers out here who are just catching touchdowns and long yardage plays, they haven't been able to scrounge up a single one. It's, it's, it's awful. It's impressive amounts of ineptitude. When you said the, the position that was going to be the worst, in my head I was like, corner. Because I feel like that's gone equally as poorly it probably has. It's not as easy to judge because you don't totally. have yardage. I'm sure now people could probably give you like yardage against, but I don't pay for pro football f- focus, so I can't tell you. Nobody should. But. I can't tell you what um what these guys do because yeah. somebody will just post it anyway. But yeah, I dude, they don't draft anything well. They haven't drafted any any. They haven't had a very good draft in what feels like our entire lifetime since 2003 when they got yeah when when they got. Lido, Sheldon, and Westbrook in the same draft. They've had a couple good pieces. Um, yeah, you know, like Carson Wentz. I was really like, I was so happy they drafted Carson Wentz. Yeah, we watched that for, together. Yeah, except for like, I thought that Carson might go number one, and that we would get, get stuck with Goff, and I was I would so I hated that. Um, but now looking back, I don't know that it would have made a difference because uh, they were both got traded. So, yeah, they yeah, both didn't got matter. Traded same year, same yeah. Year. Except Goff got traded for you know an, a great quarterback. So like, at least his value was. There. Um, yeah, I don't know what the Lions are thinking. <laughs> yeah, the Lions are. They wild. did get first round picks out of that too. Though. They did. They got two. So yeah. they traded Goff and two firsts for you know a Hall of Fame 
quarterback prob- probably Stafford will probably make the Hall of Fame at some point. It'll be it will be the strangest debate, the most. It's a numbers thing for him because he just throws. He his he could. He he probably will break yeah. the yardage records. He probably will finish his career as the, with the most passing yards in NFL history, which is crazy. He may also do that with touchdowns. I think he. I think if he stays healthy, he can. How which impressive is, crazy. is that that you're on the Lions for that long and and you could possibly do that? Just shows if he was on a decent team, what yeah. he could have done. It, um, it's. I can't imagine being a Lions fan and having Barry <laughs> Barry Sanders retire early, Calvin Johnson retire early. A Hall of Fame quarterback for most of his career, and you made the playoffs one time. Do we have enough hate left in us to talk about the Phillies, or should I've we save it, that I've for? Got <laughs> I've got it. Oh, Kelly, Kelly Green jerseys. Before oh we yes, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is actually something very exciting. Yeah. So is that? Are we like a hundred percent sure? No, it's they're allowed to starting next year. It's up to the teams at that point. So it could. I saw people suggesting it wouldn't be until the year after. I don't know why. I didn't bother reading the articles because I'll just. It does, that's not that important. Yeah, they'll be back. That's all I care about. Yeah, and and uh, you know, if I'm being honest with myself, uh, I think they should be back permanently. Yeah, I absolutely. do not. You know, these midnight green jerseys are just like no fun. Nobody nobody likes them as much as they do the retro no. ones. And so. then maybe in, maybe in 15 years after we get the green jerseys back, you know, and have 15 years of them, maybe we'll be like, oh, it'd be nice to see the midnight green again. We'll probably never know. Yeah. But they'll probably keep the midnight green ones for, for as long as I think Lori's wife designed them. So Lori's ex-wife. ex-wife Dude, me, you, you got rid of the girl. Get rid of the jersey. Well, she Come is on, still man. she is still half owner. Divorce. So. Don't get divorced, boys. <laughs> so yeah, she's she does have a say. Um, yeah, and then I, the other thing we wanted to talk about uh, for the Eagles was the fact that Chris Sims didn't even put Hertz in his top forty quarterbacks list. Like Chris Sims, he's a jackass. He's <laughs> unfortunately though he is right a lot of the time. He, you know what, and I, I love, I actually really enjoy him and Lefke on Bleacher Report. I, yeah. Lefke's a Philly guy, yeah. uh, so it's always exciting to see him talk about the Eagles because he's always like super positive or, you know, just trying to say, yeah. you know, like the, how much he loves his team. But Chris, Chris Sims is the ultimate like piggyback artist. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, your dad was one of the better quarterbacks in the 80s. And, you know, but, like, let's be real. Phil Simms won, what, one championship with the Giants? Um, Yeah, because didn't uh, the backup come in and win the other one? Yeah, and, and like, Lawrence Taylor was on that team. Yeah, it was a great team. Bill Parcells was coaching. Like, you had, like, amazing – this is, like, a historic team. Like, sorry, dude, your dad wasn't, like, amazing. And you were even worse. How you even made it to the NFL, I don't even know. You sucked at Texas. Uh, Nobody cares about what you think. But it's, like, he's – I just to not have Hertz on the top fifty means that you think that backups on almost every single team are better. Yeah, than you can't. The guy who's starting yeah. for that makes no sense. It doesn't. And so he was on Howard Eskins' uh, show the other day and said he doubled down. Uh, yeah, he 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 said uh, this is a direct quote from the show. He said there were way too many slam dunk easy completions that I would expect a good senior high school quarterback to make that were not made. Uh, okay, like, uh, all right, like you're you're sticking to your guns, and and I'm sure there were. Like, I haven't watched. I I was on my honeymoon for two for the game he came yeah. in the middle of, and then the next one he started, which sounded like it was his best game. There were definitely frustrating moments for me watching him. I haven't gone back and watched every play. 
Sure. Yeah, he's not perfect. He's might not be an NFL quarterback. I disagree completely with him and what he said. I, I think that I mean obviously I like look, he was an NFL quarterback. I have never been a quarterback at any stage of my life, but you know, I love watching football and I and I generally thought aside from one game that that hurts kept us in that Arizona game. Uh, I thought that Hertz came in and played really well against the Saints, from who I think we uh, did we win that game or was it? Yeah, they won that game. We won that game. Yeah. So like, if you if you're gonna judge a guy and kick him off a list over like one and a half games of tape, then I just don't see how valuable your list is at all. Like that's been my argument from the beginning. We have no clue what Hertz is. Pandemic season, three and a half games. Coach that didn't want to be there. Coach that didn't want to be there. Quarterback who was supposed to be the franchise. Oh, no offensive coordinator as well. No offensive can, line. Can, no receivers. Yeah. Like, we're now in a space where it's Boogie, uh, you know, Jesus, not Boogie Cousins. Um, why can't I think of his name? The running back. Miles Sanders. Why oh, the Boogie oh, Sanders, yeah? yeah? Booby. Booby Sanders. Why the hell did I call him? I was watching Clippers last night. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, Booby Sanders and, you know, Jalen Hurts. And those two guys are literally the only players of any valor on the on the court or on the field. So I just don't I don't understand how you can make that type of com- a comment on three and a half games. Yeah, I mean I don't know that he was saying he can't be better, or if he's just saying, hey, this is how I viewed it based on what I saw last year. And if that's all it is, fine, whatever, man. Like have your opinion. You're entitled to it. And like I said, I I bet if we watched some of the throws. We would probably agree. I think we probably looked at him more positively than we did Wentz, and we're more critical of Wentz's throws. It's possible. Um, so it could have just been that you know the 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 way we were kind of looking at things because we wanted him to be good. Where did he have Tua ranked? That's a serious question. Uh, very low. Like like around like the Drew Locke area, like guys that that he shouldn't look. He if. If everything goes right this year, he proves that he's an NFL starting quarterback, and we are competitive, not great, and he takes a big step forward. But it's entirely possible that he doesn't. So yeah. it's I, it's I just think that's why they set up the three first round pick deal. Yeah, because this is a prime opportunity. Hertz has to show up, or he will not be on the team next year. Yeah, one hundred percent. This that's to me that's the only thing I care about this year is. Yeah. is it's not even like I'm not even like saying that I'm rooting for him. I'm just saying we just need to see him be one or the other. He needs totally. to be, be really good, or he needs to prove that he's not the guy so that they can immediately move on. I because agree. I don't want to be in that like limbo period again where we've just got a guy that's kind of okay that we're hoping turns it around. It's I, they, it's I'm when you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, you're not a good team. You can't win without without a really good quarterback, and you need one there consistently. I'm not saying you have to go out and get Aaron Rodgers, but you need somebody that's at least competent. Remember when that was like a story that, yeah, when they were like, "Whoa, maybe we should get Aaron Rodgers." No thanks. The yeah. guy's great, obviously, but what are we gonna do with him? He's gonna hate his the, life, or you think? He's, yeah, the team's not gonna he's be in Malibu any better. with his act, actress wife. Yeah. It's he, not like he's gonna be in a better situation. Yeah. He doesn't have Devontae Adams anymore. Yeah. So yeah, he just needs to he just needs to do, and I hope he does because 
I'd love to be able to use those three first round picks on something else. Could you imagine? It would be great. Getting potential you know, three first yeah, round picks. Maybe yeah. drafting, you know, a cornerback in the first round and a linebacker in the first round. And maybe, just maybe, you know, getting a replacement for Fletcher Cox before he goes away forever and retires into the night. Well, yeah, we may have a few linemen that do that in the next couple of years. Yeah. So having having a quarterback and knowing he's going to be your quarterback would be very um, good for the Eagles. Yeah. Um, but the if he's not carousel, we just we can't, I don't want to do that anymore. What what New Too England old. did, and what like all, a lot of these teams do, where they're you know when Andy Dalton was uh, QB one for the Bears um, for a week. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like yeah, I don't want if that. Andy Dalton comes and plays for the Eagles, uh, I'm gonna jump off of you know the Sud- side of a suddenly you're no longer a loyal guy yeah. <laughs> to your city's team. I mean like I know I'll still root for the Eagles, but it'll yeah. be from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's where they send people to do that, Steve. <laughs> well, either way, I still root for them. Yeah. <laughs> but, from wherever I end yeah, up. Yeah, wherever I am, it's not going to be here. <laughs> oh man, Phillies, well, Phillies. All right, yeah. let's get this. Is like we've we so like just everybody know. I know Dave loves Philadelphia sports. He knows I love Philadelphia sports, but this one's hard. Like yeah. we've been talking a lot of shit. This one's tough. Yeah. <sighs> They're they're just top down. The organization needs an overhaul. I don't know what's going on. I don't. They went for quant, uh, yeah quantity over quality this year in the bullpen and try to sign four guys um, to to revamp the entire thing when they should have just tried to focus on getting somebody that they knew they could trust. Yeah. I don't know why we can't quit Hector Neris. I don't know why we can't coach defense. I don't know why we can't. Um, find anybody after our top three pitchers ever to be a halfway decent pitcher. I don't know why we can't develop starting pitchers. I don't know why Spencer Howard got worse the closer he got uh, to actually taking over that job. It's after dominating in Triple A. I yeah. I just don't get it. The Spencer Howard one hurts. I mean that yeah. that was a guy who was supposed to come in and be number three. Luckily Eflin's kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, he's he's pitching really well right really now. Really well. Yeah. Um, you know, he's obviously, still, he'll still give you that one like six run game where you're like, oh, yeah, shit. But he's he's been much better. Yeah, I think that uh, you know, obviously, Nola's pitched really decently. Wheeler has been really impressive this year. I think that he, uh, what was it that he had like. Uh, Ten strikeout games, eight times in his career, and five of them have been this season. Yep, um, yeah, it's I pretty th- wild. I think, and, he, like, and this is not his second year. Yeah, yeah. and Nola, Nola's had like a couple like historic games, but he's also um, had some pretty bad ones this year. Also has had some pretty bad ones, but Which I think that we all know what he is, and he's just had a rough, a rough go. I think. Um, Defensively, they're one of the worst teams I've ever seen. They're not leading the league in runs or errors per game, which I find surprising. It just feels like it's always at the worst time. Yeah, like it's, I mean, not, it's not like in the second inning when there's nobody on and two outs, and you get a guy on first base and then you get an out to end the yeah. inning. Yeah, I mean, Reese Hoskin on first base is just like one of the worst. Bohm is terrible at third. Yeah. Gregorius isn't which playing is right now. Which is such a surprise. I thought Bohm was going to be like a real game changer. I mean, him and Reese both... You know, up for Rookie of the Year, just missed, and then what happened? Well, Bohm's turning it around at least a little bit offensively. He went from like a 202 average to now like 235, which is still terrible. But considering how awful uh, his season started on offense, um, that's a, I mean, it's a, at least a, a good turnaround. And now that it's getting warmer, typically offense starts picking up. So 
if he can somehow get up to 260 by the end of the year, I think I would be happy with that. But yeah. but the guy can he just he drops infield flies. He's he's even errors aren't being charged to him, but the throws are they'll charge an error to Reese Hoskins and and of course he should catch it, but they're never I, I, I don't feel comfortable when he starts winding up to throw to first. It's yeah. it's it's wild and really he doesn't always get motion. He isn't always the one that gets charged for the error, but yeah. I feel like he puts people in difficult positions. He needs to be in left field. Yeah, and and, and uh so oh, he, that's I mean and that's another place where we're struggling. Yeah. Is the outfield has been the the Phillies, just like the Eagles can't do wide receivers, the Phillies really struggle growing outfield talent, you know. Yeah. The last real homegrown out- outfield talent for the Phillies was Pat Burrell. Yeah. I mean, the last, like, good yeah, that's true. outfield talent yeah. is Pat Burrell. And it's, you know, you know, right now, what do we have? We have Bryce Harper, who looks super disinterested, and the he's body language on that guy is, like, wild. He's frustrated, but he also is, like... He's not playing well, either. No, he's not playing well. Um, you know, if, if uh, McCutcheon was just, like, seven years younger... He be, would be great. He'd be an all-star. Yeah. yeah, I mean, McCutcheon... <laughs> McCutcheon's the type of guy that you know is kind of past his prime and doesn't really have it anymore, who will play, like, every five games. He'll have, like, just an awesome game. Yeah. And it'll be like, oh, that guy can still do it, but he really can't. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, and I don't even think... I don't I don't even think I could tell you who's in the other... Odubel. Odubel is? He's our center fielder. Oh, yeah. well, good, you know. Have the police on standby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not. I mean, unfortunately, it's only because he's under team control for this year. Yeah, they were going to be paying him ten million dollars regardless of whether he p- played or not. So they that's had they. It was just well, it's it's a that's a union thing. You can't. Yeah, their their contracts are guaranteed. So yeah, so I mean, I don't know with the Phillies. What are they? Thirty six and thirty nine right now. Uh, thirty six and forty after getting absolutely demolished last night. Oh yeah. See, we didn't even talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What it was a. Uh, were we leading that game? Yeah, it was four to two, and then they brought in Neftali Feliz for ten the straight dead. runs. Yeah, yeah. It was for some reason they decided to put uh, somebody who hasn't pitched in the majors in like six years into into a game. They were up by only two runs, which is gave up a four piece McNugget. Yeah, gave up a quick grand slam. I, they always say a two goal lead's the most dangerous lead in hockey. A two run lead for the Phillies is basically a loss. Yeah, um, <laughs> not basically. No, that is a loss anymore. It so technically, loss. that counts as a blown save, be- even though it was in the seventh inning. Um, that's because, crazy. Because that pitcher could have gotten saved, um, so that still counts. And I will count it because fuck the bullpen; they deserve all the shit that we're giving them. Yeah, the bullpen has been, and and I think the hard. Oh, and it's, if, and if you haven't watched, or if you didn't see what happened last night, they were winning four two and lost twelve to twelve to four. So yes. that's how the game ended. And, and it wasn't like a like a long like a long burn twelve to four. It was like two outs in the seventh. It was four, four to two, two, and then it was twelve to four yep. almost immediately. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't. I don't know what anybody can say or do. I thought getting Clintac out of there would be helpful. I think that, you know, obviously Dombrowski didn't really have a ton of time. He just kind of had to, like, throw something together real quick. Uh, But I just, like, I don't know how you fix this team. Because normally teams in this position have stellar farm systems. The Phillies might have the worst. They definitely don't have the worst. They're they're in the middle of the pack. You think? They are, actually. I um, see. The only reason I say just, the worst is because they haven't been able to bring anybody up who's done anything. That's that's the thing, is they all do well in the minors, but yeah. none of the... Well, I can't say none of it translates, because um, Luke Williams has been a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, Nick Maton, I think, is, is decent. Um, I don't know if either of those guys are long-term starters, but for right now... 
They're at least help. They're they're better defensively than most of the starters on the team, and they're you know figuring things out on offense. Not, but we're, we weren't expecting them to come in and bat three hundred with a ton of power. Totally. So those guys are fine in short stints. I think um, maybe they could turn. Maton's supposed to be one of our better infield prospects, so um, it's possible he could be a guy. But I'm not ready to say that, and yeah. I don't think anybody should be. And so th- there's two guys um, that have been decent, um, and all you have to do is be decent to be a better defender than our current infield, um, and that's it. They yeah. haven't been able to bring up any any successful pitching. Um, it's just it, all every guy will have a, a little stretch where you're like, all right, we're settling into something here, and then all of a like. Sam Coonrod, and and then all of a sudden it's like back to back games where they gave up five in, five runs without getting yeah. it out. And you're I like, mean, what the fuck just happened? It's it's weird because you know sometimes you see a team that goes out there and their starting pitcher will give them seven or eight, maybe like one to no runs, and you're like, oh, this team's got like got something. But then it's like, oh wait, you have to score runs to win. Yeah, and they don't show up, and then they'll score. Six runs in a game, and they'll lose twelve yeah. to six because their fucking bullpen will yeah. give up two grand slams within ten minutes. I just I, I don't know what to do. They're just they need like they need the all star break badly because there's there's only going to be one of them go. I promise you, there's not going to be two all stars. I on think this team. Bryce Harper might be the only one who people are even considering. No Wheeler. Is oh yeah Wheeler should be Wheeler should I be our only so. one in my opinion. I know that Bryce made it to this to the next round. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he'll get votes because of his name, but he's not playing like it right yeah. now. Um, and what, no, yeah. I was gonna say what what so where they are now? How many games out of first? Only five somehow. Where do you think they're going to be at the trade deadline? I think they'll be no better than five games out of first. Do you think that we are selling? Or? I think they better be. I I don't know what else you can you can't. You don't have enough to go out and get anything of value to to turn this around. There's no yeah. There's no team. There's no bad team that's going to be a seller that has anything that we can get for cheap. Because yeah. there's a lot of teams that need stuff, and there's a lot of teams with more prospects than us. So we're kind of screwed. So I would. That's if they get there. It's yeah. entirely possible. This the schedule this month is much easier. They have the Marlins a couple times. Play the Padres, but it's at home. We can count those all as losses. The, the Yankees are uh, up this month, and they've been terrible. Swept them last time. Yeah, and they've, they've been even worse since then. Really? Yeah, they're bad. And um, I think they play the Pirates this month and a couple other teams that aren't great. So they could close the gap. And if that's the case, if they're two games out, they're not selling. How crazy is it that how bad this – like if you look at the span of teams that we've had um, over the past ten years – Last year was probably the worst, or one of them. Yeah. Overall. Overall, in like the last ten years. I don't. Or maybe there was no. a couple. No, I don't think so because the Flyers are the one seed in the playoffs. No, no, year. I mean, I mean, just Phillies teams. Oh, just Phillies teams. Yeah. If we're talking about teams that you expected something from, and then like how they played, I felt like last year. Last I was... year was the first time in a while they had a shot at being. Yeah. In the playoffs, and they were terrible. Well, they weren't. So, Not for the first half. So yeah, the sixty game season, they got into the last ten games in a wild card spot. All they had to do was win twice, and they went one and nine in the last ten games and didn't and make the playoffs. And that's kind of carried over to yeah. this year. And I think that that bad taste in their mouth is is still present. Yeah. But but then Gregorius and 
Real Muto resigned in the offseason. Yeah, so it can't which be, was insane. So you can't say that they all felt like that because why would those no. guys come back? I think I think that I think the craziest part is is that this is a team that like really gels and likes each other, but for some reason can't put it together on the field. I don't know what like, to do, man. You know, to have two vets, especially one of them who is arguably the best catcher in baseball. I would say so. Um yeah. and had probably a ton of people trying to pay him money. Maybe not what he wanted, and maybe that's the only reason he's back here. It's possible, but he, he I mean, like, even though we didn't think it was going to happen. I mean, I, I remember we had text chains that were saying, like, there's zero chance that we just basically Mets, lost. Mets had a big opening yeah, catcher. We had... gave six to away for nothing, pretty much. Yeah. And and then he signed, and everybody was just like, okay. We, maybe we got a shot. Maybe we got a shot. Now, if the bullpen's good this year, how many games do you think we, we cut back off our loss column dude they have 10 balloon saves in the last like three weeks that i think only two of those ended up being wins so say you get seven more wins they're in first place they're in first place and 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 that's not crazy most teams don't blow this many saves the mets aren't blowing this many saves so is it worth just emptying out not the only reason but yeah our farm system to get like relievers and getting rid no. of some of these guys? No, because I don't think there's anybody like that that's... Fair that, There's not... Um, you could maybe, if the Angels are far enough out of it, go after, like, Raziel Iglesias. Um, Mike Trout? I wish. <laughs> well, he's not even playing right now. He's hurt. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. But there's just not a lot of um, bad teams with good pieces, I guess is the best yeah. way to say it. Like, the first place you'd look right now is Arizona because they... Ha- they may have won two games this calendar year. Jeez. Um, they set a record for most consecutive road losses, which is hilarious. Um, but like, their two best player, their two best hitters are hurt. Um, their pitching's young and not going anywhere. Yeah. So, and I don't think they have a particularly good bullpen, though. I don't pay too close of attention to it because they never have a lead in a game. Does so. Luis Gonzalez still play for them? Uh, I'm just no. kidding. It was like ninety six. Yeah, uh, he 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 played for them when they had purple hats and no sleeves. <laughs> By the way, MLB don't bring that back. Yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm into the nineties. Um, but yeah, no the the Phillies are in in a space that they probably have to sell. I don't think that they will. I think that they will see the fact that their their bullpen is kind of the crux of their issue, and if they fix that, they're right in the hunt. And to be honest, I think that. For the Phillies, and this, this is kind of hard to say because it seems like it's been that way. It, it hasn't really been about winning at all. It's been about, like, make the play. We need to make the playoffs first. Yeah. So I think that their goal is to make the playoffs because we haven't seen Phillies playoff baseball since 2011 or 2012. 2011. I yeah. Think, I think so it was last year. I think that is their goal at the moment. I don't think that there's any, you know, um, I don't think anybody in that building thinks that they have a, 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 a sh- like chance to win the World Series. They have a good enough offense to compete with most teams, but they do not have enough pitching in a, in any part. They don't have enough starting pitching, and they don't have enough relief pitching because there's there's a lot of teams in the National League with a with a much better looking one two three than what we have. Even as good as Wheeler's been, yeah, and as good as Nola has been. Um, it, it, you know, just I, 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 
I know that the uh, Brewers will end up in the playoffs, and I'm just thinking about what they have at the top of the rotation versus us, and it's it's night and day. Yeah, it's night and day. But Wheeler's Wheeler's great. If Nola can get it together, if Eflin can carry the momentum that he's had, yeah. his, especially his last start against the Grom. Maybe Spencer Howard could play better. I don't know. I don't know where they they could make a trade for a starter. There will be starters available, but yeah, we'll see. This is going to be a really annoying like next six months. Yeah, of sports, and we'll be here for all of it. We will. Well, I think that's probably a good amount for our first one together, Steve. Yeah, I had a great time. Me too. This is a lot of fun. So, um, what we should do is, um, you know, we're gonna put this out on social media, so. You'll probably see us there, but um, yeah, give us a follow if you aren't already, and let us know what you think about the episode in general, and then you know what your thoughts are on some of these teams and and, and their struggles. I guess you can say because <laughs> this is a pretty negative podcast today, but um, well, that's what happens when your teams disappoint you. <laughs> yeah, and and also like if you guys have any questions uh, that you or things that you want us to talk about, let us know. Please, um, you know. Obviously, you know, the, the state of the union is, is in a pretty dire place, but yeah. I think that there's a lot to look forward to, especially with teams like the Eagles, who literally have nothing to lose this year. We know it's a rebuilding year, and we still have a shot at winning the division, so it yeah. could should we'll, be exciting. We'll find some silver linings for everybody, so we at least uh, don't just make you want to drive your car off the road while you listen to this. So, <laughs> All right, well, with that, um, this has been fun. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.